Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Dichotomist Quadcast. This is the very first episode, so I'm sure all of you have a lot of questions. Like, what is this podcast even about? Why we're here? And why do we have a pun in the name of our podcast? Like, what even is a quadcast? Honestly, we thought we were just being smart and just rolled with it. But for your other questions, they'll soon be answered in due time. But firstly, introducing us, your four hosts. My name is Isaac. Hi, my name is Jericho. Hi, my name's Ian. And my name is Nicholas. We are four students from Hong Kong that study at a local school, where we just finished our first year in the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program, or IBDP. I think that we all gained valuable experiences from this academic year, so starting a podcast to help others along their journey just seemed like the perfect thing to do. Yeah, we all had a pretty stressful year juggling school responsibilities and the many deadlines and tasks. But generally, it was also a year of personal growth. Where we learned a lot more about ourselves and the curriculum as well. By sharing our experiences, we hope that we can provide a unique perspective, since there aren't a lot of platforms out there where you can listen to students talking about their genuine experiences. So we really hope that if you're an IB student who's suffering through the syllabus right now, our experiences can provide some sort of insight and support, since we all went through the initial adaptation period and can definitely relate to a lot of your pain. So no matter if you think that the system is complicated or that the amount of change in the syllabus is unprecedented, we hope that our ideas can helpfully help you understand more about the IB or better prepare for the future, or at the very least have a heads up on what's going to happen in like IB. Even if you're not in the IB yet, if you're considering or planning to apply for the IB, I hope we can still help you through this journey and lay down the groundwork in terms of your expectations of what what the IB really is. I really hope that this podcast can act as an unofficial guide through the IBDP for you guys, and maybe alleviate some of the unwanted stress and pressure. Actually,、um, speaking of stress, I think. That I speak for all four of us when I say this: the importance of physical and mental health really can't be understated. And、um, hopefully, we can also share some studying tips for you guys and get you to stay happy even in the face of all the daunting stuff that awaits you. Yep, study tips are definitely something you can be expecting from us, like how we memorize stuff, take notes, etc. We will also be inviting some of our friends at on at some point. To compare the different syllabi globally, like the IGCSE, A levels, and some more as well, so you can have a more well-rounded understanding of how different systems work, as well as how to adapt to them. And so, extending on Nick's point on mental health, we've all struggled with it, and it's not really something to be ashamed of. But by sharing our methods of dealing with stress and panic, we hope that they can help you if you are ever in need of assistance or support. Yeah. So even though we do want to aid you to the best of our abilities, a few disclaimers still need to be made. Obviously, we aren't experts on this matter, and the things that we present during the podcasts are mostly going to be driven by our own opinions and personal experiences. So it's your choice whether or not to take our advice with a grain of salt. And、um, another thing is the IBDP program is like different from region to region. So for Academics, we will mostly focus on what we know best instead of accidentally misleading you guys and giving you wrong information. So we hope you understand that. Now that we got that out of the way, we can finally begin with today's、uh, to today's topic, which is languages. So、um, in the IB, there are a lot of different language courses, but essentially they can be split into two, which are language A and language B. And it's all very complicated. But I guess the best way 
to do it is to really um, just get into the discussion first. But to give you a brief idea, um, me, Jericho, and um, Nick take English Literature A, whereas um, Ian takes English B. So yeah, what do you guys think? I think that English A is pretty challenging, but it's fun. Uh, in my opinion, the challenge is part of what makes it fun because I prefer handling literature, writing analytical essays, and actually doing stuff that I am interested in. The exam format is drastically different from the DSE or those in junior forms, as both of our papers are analytical essays. One is unseen, while the other is on the text that we study in class. And it did take me some time to get used to this format, but ultimately I think if you're interested in it, and if you give it some time and put in some effort, it'll definitely be fine. There's also an I.O., so an individual oral assessment, which is basically 10 minutes of you presenting on two different texts of your choice on one global issue. I think you can completely prepare for it beforehand. It's tested and graded by your internal teachers that you know. So I think it's definitely not something to worry about. You can definitely deal with it. I think we can, I can speak for all of us that we think that English B is much easier in comparison. In English A, you definitely get more exposure to different authors and learn about a lot more content in, uh, in the syllabus. So TLDR, if you hate reading books or you struggle severely in English, you might not enjoy language A. Hey, so Ian here, and I'll be talking more about English B on the other hand. So from my experience, I think that English B is more about the language itself. So in English B, you get stuff like reading, writing, listening, and speaking. So I'll be explaining them one by one. So firstly, you've got speaking. So you've got a particular textbook. So for us, it was once of mice and men, and nowadays it's 1984. And you'll be doing a particular like speech on this particular extract known as internal oral. But then for listening, it's about hearing some unseen passage. But I say that the listening is the easiest of all because you have just so much time. So you listen to it the entire recording twice and you have four minutes between each section. So you have plenty of time. But for reading, you'll be doing some unseen passage about some international concepts like third culture kids as well as some tech stuff like chatbots. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, why chatbots? Also, like uh, chatbots are basically some uh, robots infused with artificial intelligence and you can chat with them online. So I think that IB incorporated these kind of concepts because they're very international, they're very global. So in the IB, in English B in IB, you won't be focusing on any of the local issues that uh, you might be experiencing. And so lastly, writing. So you'll be doing reviews, journals, and letters. And in these kind of writing, you need to focus on the delivery as well as the grammar. So I say all in all, during like regular lesson time, you'll be probably practicing like these four categories as well as learning your textbook, which is for the speaking part. And so I'd say that English B all in all, it might be similar to your previous experiences in English. And in, in, like, in general, it's not very difficult. So if you can follow us in this particular podcast, you're probably good to go in English B. And lastly, a very like major thing about English B as opposed to English A is that uh, there's a lot less studying required and so you can lessen the workload a lot. Yeah, so um, moving on for us, like all four of us actually take language and literature A for Chinese, which qualifies us for a bilingual diploma. And um, if you guys want to like have more information on that, feel free to search online because honestly, the <laughs> the system for uh, languages in IB is quite complex. Um, 
obviously there's not going to be as much comparison between us four since we all study the same subject but the differences between English and Chinese, in my opinion, are quite stark. So, for example, in English A, uh, the analytical essays focus a lot more on, on ideas, which gives us a less rigid structure and we can kind of uh, play around with how we want to present our thoughts in the essay. And uh, But for Chinese, I would consider it a lot more rigid and we have to focus a lot more on techniques. and it's kind of expected for you to follow a certain structure when you uh, start writing your analytical essays, uh, which could be quite difficult sometimes since um, your ideas might not mesh together very well with the preconceived structure. But um, some people also think of this as uh, actually a pro instead of a con, since adhering to the same structure and writing style for every Chinese paper, and even sometimes you can use the same quotes, it allows for like it doesn't you don't need as much time to plan and prepare and in fact once you start having um a certain flow that you consistently go to every time you start writing an essay you can very quickly grasp what you need to do in each analytical essay as opposed to english where you might need to spend a bit more time just planning and preparing to um uh group your ideas together so yeah, some people think of this rigid structure in Chinese as a con, some people think of it as a pro, and you know, it's really just down to personal preference at some point. Yeah, so Ian, so since you take English B, and you also take Chinese A, so perhaps you're the most, um, you're the person who can experience both the language A and B um, courses. So what do you think are the main um, differences or similarities of the different two language courses? <laughs> All right, so apart from the obvious one that one is Chinese and one is English, <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that uh, Lang A in general is more about the analysis part and it's less about the language itself, or at least you don't need to be so like grammatically precise. But then uh, language B is really a lot about the language. And so it's focusing on your ability to use that language. And so I say that uh, Lang A is about like analyzing the language. Well, Lang B is about using the language itself. Yeah, like pretty interesting and maybe counterintuitive to some of you because um, obviously, as we said, like language A is usually more difficult. But at the same time, you don't really add like you don't really your language. It's less about the language proficiency because well, for me, what I think at least is that uh, language B is about using language in more daily life conversations or it, like applying the language in your everyday context. So obviously, a lot of it, a lot of the focus will be on your grammatical accuracy or how like your your uh, the vocabulary you use or things like that. Whereas a, a language A is more about like really the language abilities are already ingrained to what you want to um what you want to write for example because a lot of it is analysis and it's talking about how you can use the language to create meaning so since a lot of the things th that you will be talking about for example a lot of your thesis uh, theses will be on topics like very general broad ideas like family a relationship or uh, a lot of it's on societal oppression as well but um like a lot of these themes are just really general and they're um they're not restricted just to just one language and they're not exclusive to one language and that's why i think um it might be counterintuitive but in fact like uh if you're like somewhat fluent in the language you can already um a lot of the focus in in language a is less on the language but more on what that language is used for 
So maybe now we can like move on to the SL and HL. The thing there, the thing in IB is that we have standard level and higher level, which are two different courses within one subject. Actually, I would say that the difficulty is not that much different when it comes to SL and HL. I would just say that HL is a lot more content. That's that's what I would think. And um, if you're struggling between choosing SL and HL, I think mostly it's just down to personal preference. Like if you like English or if you really um, are very interested in how uh, literary techniques are used to create meaning, I would I would suggest that you people choose HL. And if not, perhaps English ASL would already be fine. Yeah, just to add on to that, I think another thing you can consider when you're choosing between SL and HL for language subjects, I think what is important is also just to consider what other subjects you're taking. Because I feel like if we're like, honestly, for English A, if you're choosing language A, it's already um, like there's really not a very significant difference between SL and HL, whereas uh, whereas that might be some like that might be completely different for some other subjects, say like more science subjects. Some subjects that you might apply for in university will require you to take maybe like math HL or, for example, chemistry HL or biology HL, and those are probably more important. So you should really just just balance and consider it as a whole, like looking at holistically. And if you do have some HLs left over, then um, and and you are somewhat interested in English, then you can surely just take um, HL for language A. So that's basically it for um, the courses in general. Now we can talk about just how we can do well in the subject and the tips, the study tips, um, and how we can um, survive the course, essentially. Yeah. So maybe we can divide this into, firstly, just what uh, we do during exams and what we do before exams. So just very quickly, I think a, a really good tip for language subjects is that you really need to stay calm. Because I find that a lot of the main uh, difficulty of language A is just how you structure your essay. Because there's usually a lot of information. You're given an unseen extract. And there are a lot of different things you can quote. But firstly, you have to select the different types of quotes. And secondly, you have to put them into three paragraphs. But sometimes there's a lot of overlap between those things. And it's uh, it gets confusing. So I think... Um, what, what's good about IB is that you actually have reading time before your exam. You have like five minutes or something. Um, so you can use that reading time and you can even spend a bit more just to plan your essay first and just keep calm during that time. I think it really helps with your structure. Um, also, I think that yeah. um, if you want to plan your structure, like if you don't set a time limit for yourself where you think, oh, I have to spend like five minutes planning my essay and then I have to write for the remainder of that time. I think that like, uh, it's okay if you want to spend a bit more time just fleshing things out because um, the more like detailed your structured like your structured plan is, I think the easier it will be for you to start writing or to start analyzing different things in your paper. So I think that's like an important uh, thing to mention as well. Yeah, let's let's talk about like how to actually write the essay and uh, like we've emphasized, language A is really about analysis. I don't know, do you guys have any um, tips on how you analyze different things? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to talk about no. it. Because, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, it's, I'm pretty infamous for not analyzing. But the core <laughs> idea is to, not <laughs> is to not be narrative. So what is narration and analysis? That's a really good question that I think you will spend a lot of your time in the language course just thinking about. So I think um, in general, the, the 
the crux of the entire idea is that you shouldn't be retelling the story or retelling certain elements or stating certain elements and then going further on to state that those elements have some sort of effect, but instead trying to be more argumentative and give a more analytical side to your essay and argue that something leads to something else. I think it's not necessarily the content you're using that is different, it's just the way you present. And in that sense, you will get better at it as you write essays and as you progress. So don't worry too much about it. Yeah, another way you can visualize it is is how our teachers teach it is like essentially there's a set structure. You first quote something and then you explain the immediate effect, which is basically the quote without the context. So like just if the quote is just singled out and you see that sentence, what it really means, and then you can relate it to the whole extract and then quote it with the context and then link it back to the thesis and guiding question, the thing that you're trying to prove. And you basically just repeat this structure for every quote. So that's in general, how I visualize analysis, which might help. And then moving yeah, on. It's important to note yeah. like that I think the theme is king when it comes to analytical essays. Like your thesis is always the thing that you have to link back to. So it's not necessarily that you have a quote that you really want to show. It's rather you have a th- like you have a thesis that you want to show and the, and the quotes are merely a supporting character, I would say. So I think that's a very important concept to get through your head, because otherwise you might be quite narrative, like Jericho sometimes is. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah also don't like quote uh, like two, three long sentences. Embed your quotes. Just make them as short as possible and phrase them in an argument instead of just like telling a chunk of the story in your essay, because that's just a waste of time and you can definitely do better. Great. So... Um... Now let's talk about how to prepare for exams, because um, I think languages, there's actually a lot to prepare for paper two and also oral. But just very quickly for the the paper that you can prepare the least, which is paper one, um, it's because a lot of the the extracts are all unseen, so there's really not much you can do. But then I think what you can prepare for is like, is you could have, for example, a vocabulary bank or for for example, a technique bank, just to list out a lot of different types of things so that you can uh, have a better idea of of what you can write, or at least because a lot of times you have to constantly repeat your thesis and you need different words each time you have to write your thesis. And that might be like, six or seven times throughout the whole essay or even more. So like actually having a good vocab bank is a good thing. I find myself like a lot of times Ivy likes to have this random conversation between two people and it's like a it's a it's a weird complicated relationship but obviously I can't write weird and complicated in my essay but I my vocab bank is so small so I don't really know how to describe the relationship. So if I had say a vocab bank before I stepped into the exam room, I think it will definitely help. And then same for Chinese. I think that um, for Chinese, because we take language and literature, um, a lot of times we get uh, non-literary texts of different, uh, and a lot of times we have to explain the textual features of those texts. So just having some general idea of what those non-literary texts could look like would help with writing and just writing more quickly in the exam. Also, I think that um, examiners really like seeing like specific techniques that are used. So like, for example, if you talk about uh, sensory imagery, obviously that's um, uh, like 
uh, an, um, an umbrella term, I would say, because like beneath that you have gustatory, you have olfactory, you have all these different types of senses. And I think that um, the more specific you are with the t uh, terminology, I think the happier the examiners will be. This is just my personal experience. I don't know if it's true globally, but I think that um, for us, examiners really like seeing you be specific and seeing you like really understand how um, different techniques and different um, effects mingle together because that's really what I think language A is about. So yeah. Yeah. For paper two, which is the part you can prepare for the most, in my opinion, I think one of the most important things, okay, there are two important things here. The first important thing is to listen in class. And I think this is actually really important for uh, you to do this, both English, Chinese, whatever, because um, it's really difficult for you to just, if you don't listen in class, it's not like uh, another subject where you can just learn it in a day or you can, if you're good at the subject, you can learn it and get the hang of it really quickly. But instead, you actually need to put time and analyze different, you know, small parts of the entire book, play, whatever, in detail. And I think it's that detailed nuance that they are trying to look for. So if you think about it, the IB examiners are all, you know, pretty tired. They're like marking, I don't know, 70 papers a day, probably an exaggeration. But then you need to differentiate yourself in some way. And that sort of differentiation is uh, using more nuanced arguments or using less common arguments. And that gives you a better impression and makes your essays better in general. So I think in this case, for both English and Chinese, you really need to listen in class. Alternatively, which is the second important thing, is that you need to make sure your friends listen in class as well. Because I think for especially for literature, discussion is really important. People have different opinions, different perspectives on the same text or the same word, the same chapter, and they can have different interpretations on the ending or the beginning or the setting or whatever. And I think it's only through that discussion that you're able to you know, generalize or think about the bigger picture and use different ways to talk about the same quote, the same extract, and give yourself more flexibility. In that sense, it is very strategic to make group notes. It's a good study hack is just to work with your friends and make group notes and organize them under a specific theme and just discuss your ideas. And then you can group different major ideas into different themes, and then you can go from there. I think that it's really important for you to have that sort of communication because you never know what the examination is going to be about. You never know what the question is going to be. So I think the more options you have, the better. Besides that, when actually writing the paper to itself, I think it's more important for Chinese than English, but you do need some sort of default structure in mind. But I think especially for English, you do need to be very flexible because obviously you don't know what the question is going to be about, but also you can't exactly use the same arguments again and again. Obviously, you can have a few quotes or a specific theme that you really enjoy and you think you wrote that argument really well in your notes and you would want to prioritize writing that in the exam, but obviously things may not always go to plan and I think this happens more in English. With Chinese, there are like specific set structures that people have used for like years and it's just the same few arguments. So um, that's, remember, this is only for our curriculum and what we have taught and the exams we take. So it might be different for you if you take another language. But then I think that Chinese is much less flexible and more rigid than English in that sense. But because of this, regardless of language, you do need to be diligent and memorize 
all your quotes. Obviously, the IB is going to tell you you don't have to quote, but then if you want to do better, obviously quoting uh, is really beneficial, especially if you're like talking about specific words or diction they use in that quote. I think it's only when you are able to, you know, quote the correct word when you can actually do that sort of thing. Besides this, besides listening in class and using the analysis given by your teachers, you can also enrich your content by going online and looking at different sources to get inspiration. I think this is, you know, it depends on the source. Sometimes it's not that good. No Fear Shakespeare is popular for Shakespearean texts. But I think there are good places where you can start to build your arguments or gain inspiration from and work off there. Do not copy because they might not be good. But then you can take inspiration, take what you think is good, and you can find different perspectives and that you may be able to utilize in your essays. So I think for paper two, don't limit yourself. Just analyze or think about any sort of perspective because they can work. Yeah, I don't think there's really a set right answer, especially when it comes to literature. So I think opening yourself up to more and more perspectives is really going to help you, especially in paper two. And I O, which I'm going to talk about now. What a segue. Uh, so basically what IO is, um, it's an oral exam. And um, like Jericho or Isaac, or somebody said it before, um, it's a 10 minute oral where you talk to your internal examiner, which is probably going to be one of your teachers. And basically this is the same for, I think this is quite simple is you have one global issue that um, you think like you have to link back to constantly. And I mean, constantly, like after every point, it's just, you have to repeat it with slightly different words. And I think that this is going to be the same for Chinese and English. I think your global issue choice is going to be very important because um, essentially that's what your entire oral is going to be about. Okay, this is just like a tip that I have. Write a script and memorize it even though they tell you not to because you really don't want there to be any dead air while you present your topic because first of all, it's very awkward between you and your examiner. And second of all, it's not going to reflect well, especially in your marks and your grades. So I think um, you should probably have a script or at least have a very detailed skeleton plan that you go through constantly. Just make sure that you know the text that you have chosen very well, because otherwise there's also going to be a Q&A portion at the end of that IO. And if you can't answer, that's also going to be very awkward. And it's also not going to be very good for your marks. So I think just, oh, this is a, this is an interesting tip. Yeah, we we have one tip here is like that, like um, to prepare for the Q&A, one way you can do it is that you can, when you write your script or when you prepare for your IO, just don't worry about writing too much. Um, because actually 10 minutes sounds really long, but then it can go by very, very quickly, especially the IO is like structured into a lot, lot smaller. Like you have to deal with two different texts and inside you also have to deal with like one extract from that text and also other bodies of work from that same author or something. And then when you divide it up into everything, it's just like one minute per argument. It actually goes by really quickly. So actually you can just write your script without just worrying too much. And afterwards, when you do cut your script, you can just, if anything is like left extra or something that you feel like um, you want to talk about and you really want to say it, but then it just doesn't fit the time, you can just put it in your Q&A portion and just find some way to sneak it in. And I feel like that's a good way for you to like prepare for the Q&A because at least you have something to say during those five minutes 
that's pretty much half the paired speech that you give. So like it yeah, is a good way to add more content. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if your teachers are like l- like listening very intently, they will notice when you've like kind of missed something or you haven't talked about something as much or you haven't discussed something as in depth as they would like. And in the Q&A portion, that's when they're going to start asking you guiding questions or maybe like start giving you a sort of guidance so that you can start talking about the things that you cut in uh, your original script. So I think that's quite nice as well. Yeah, just just adding on to that really quickly. Don't be afraid if your teacher, you know, asks you about something and you're like, oh, no, that is an important thing that I forgot to talk about. It's okay. That's the point. That's the reason why they're asking you. And uh, if you do say it afterwards in the Q&A section, it still counts as you just saying it in your I.O. So you did say it. So just don't be afraid of the questions and don't get nervous because the Q&A section is there to help you. If you think you do badly in your Q&A section, it's fine. I think teachers say they usually don't take off marks because of the Q&A section. It's solely there to help you. So just don't worry about it. Hi, I'm alive. So I'm going to be talking about English B now. So English, uh, so I only take English uh, and B. So uh, what I'm going to be talking about is only focusing more for English. I'm not too sure about other languages. So I say that, that uh, Lang B, it comes down to being very careful during exams, just really, really, really careful regarding your grammar. And I'd say before exams, there are a few things that you can do. So firstly, just try to do a lot of exercises, like reading exercises, listening exercises. Uh, just just do a lot of them. You'll get better at it. And uh, for writing, though, I'd say that you need to uh, be really careful about the delivery and the tone that you're using when you're writing. So, uh, for example, if you're writing a review, try to keep it like formal, not too like not too casual. Before exams, I'd say that uh, in Langby, just try to do a lot of ex- exercises. You know, find them online or they're provided by your teacher. And so, yeah. I say that learn from your past mistakes and you'll get better at it. So uh, I think that that's especially true for reading and listening. But for writing, I think that is really important that you focus on the delivery and the structure. So make sure that uh, for the particular text type you're doing, be a letter for the editor or if it's a review or a journal or something else, be very sure that you get all the format correct so you don't like accidentally lose marks. And that's about it. Uh, as for the last one, though, speaking before exams, uh, just try to read the text very thoroughly. Make sure you know what's happening. And so when the teacher gives you a particular excerpt in the textbook, uh, you know what is going on. So I think that that is basically it for English B. Uh, it's not really that like complicated of a subject, unlike you know uh, the lengthy rambling that the Lang A people just went on. So yeah, uh, that's it for Lang. Lang. <laughs> Wow, shot fired. Okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Isaac forgot to mention, but there's a third part to the study tip section, and it's what we think you should do after the exams. And after the exams, you should go play because mental health is really important. Yeah, play. Yeah. yeah like some of you might be really like hung up about like your exam performance or you might not be very happy about it, it doesn't matter it, none of it matters it's over just go just go have fun just like live your life exams are over nothing like nothing you can do will change your exam score anyway so you might as well just go have fun right I just live while you're young <laughs> <laughs> yeah is, it, is that a k-pop song uh, no it's... is it no, it's another. It's it's another reference.
Okay, oh, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't listen when other people tell you that oh, it IV is like super stressful. Therefore, you have to revise, read books twenty four seven. Don't listen to those people. Listen, like just listen to yourself. Listen to your body. Know your also, limits. Listen to us, just please. Yeah. Also, also <laughs> listen to us and just have fun and make the best of. Your, you know, high school life. I think that this also applies to before IB. So if you're still thinking about whether you should、uh, apply for IB, just have fun. Like the summer before your IB one, some people might say you need to do a lot of preparation. You really don't. Like at most, you should read the books that you're gonna be taught if you take like language courses, or maybe if you really want, you can look at the syllabus a bit. And do a little bit of prep, but honestly, it's not necessary at all. You you don't have to study on your own before this teaching even begins. Just focus on making memories, making you know your life livable instead of making it living hell just because and just for an exam. Yeah, so poetic. And with that,、right. we're nearing the end of the podcast. We hope you learned something new about languages and IB or anything that might be useful to you. Join us next time, where we'll be talking about sciences, specifically our favorite trio: physics, chemistry, and biology. Thanks so much for spending time with us, and we'll see you next time on the Dichotomous Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.